0: Hello, everybody. You're listening to the Big Chill Podcast. This is episode 429 Stereotypes, Sponsorships, and Stanley Cup. In the bank on the break. Welcome back to the Big Chill Podcast. I'm Frank, joined as always with Eddie. Eddie, how's it going?
1: Yeah, pretty well.
0: A little a, uh, so far. a little late to the recording. Apparently, you were on cooking duty. What does that entail?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was just cooking a steak. So, and now the
0: Because you're the only one allowed like to cook steak, or?
1: No, I mean, I guess you just like, you have your respective specialities, right? That's your you wheelhouse. You... No, I would actually say, no, I have a few go-to dishes that I would do, but
0: I don't know. So are you Just like, divvied up. are you doing it the like steak in the pan with the butter and you're, you're putting the butter back on the top of the steak and letting the butter cook the steak a little bit?
1: Yeah. It was. So it was a really big piece of beef. Um, so yeah, said. I did that. <laughs> we can clip that as a, as a drop to use for later episodes. If only Sam were still around, he would have
0: enjoyed it more. <laughs> for getting back to your steak cooking. What's what's your method? Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry. I completely transfixed you.
1: That was pretty much the method. And for a piece of meat of that size, there you go. You want to do it again?
0: <laughs> no, I want to
1: see what you say next. <laughs> you know, then the, the original idea was maybe to initially sear it in that method of like scooping uh, the butter back on top and stuff and then to put it in the oven to finish off to actually get it to cook through a bit better. But actually just from the pan
0: it was sufficient. So oh. didn't need the oven. I thought I thought you were gonna Let say it you it couldn't put ra- that big a piece of beef in the oven.
1: Couldn't fit. <laughs> Too thick.
0: <laughs> Although There's actually, some high class actually to- that, yeah, this is, this is, this is really top notch stuff. So. Made me think of when we were in Paris together, we went out and you got you ordered the steak for two. It was I think what was it 2 kilo or
1: 1.2 it was like 1.2 yeah, kilos 1.2 kilo. so probably minus probably minus the bone it was probably like 900 grams, like a
0: maybe a, maybe a kilo so i guess my first question is could you have eaten that by yourself because there were two of you and you downed it pretty well
1: uh yeah i think if i hadn't had anything else and if i'd been hungry i think i could have eaten that yeah i would say easily by myself, like it wouldn't be a desperate
0: struggle. My second question was you ordered it rare and it was quite rare. Is that was that a little too much for you, but you were appeasing your partner in eating?
1: <laughs> no, no, I like I like really rare.
0: That was steaks rare. And meat.
1: Yeah, I mean, I am I mean, you get used to it here. If you're going to ask for something rare, right, it's it's going to be pretty rare. Uh, and and yeah, I, that's my preferred preferred method
0: yeah yeah I mean I can do like medium rare but that was yeah that was that was a little much
1: speaking of the recent trip though and then over the last few days I was out for a walk over the weekend on a, like one of my rare ventures out of the apartment after the kind of recovery from from Ascot and that whole trip I basically spent 48 hours inside but at one moment in time decided that I should probably use my legs And the only thing that tempted me at all, it was like about three o'clock in the afternoon. The only thing that tempted me slightly was the idea of going to a bar at about that time, just because I think it's the absolute best time to be in a bar. I think it's the most, if you're on a weekend, it's less tempting on a weekday. If you're able to be in a bar, kind of mid afternoon, it's quiet. I think it's just the, one of the most pleasurable experiences out there. But it got me thinking if I had to give you a two hour window, in which you had to do all of your future bar activities like you could only go you you pick it now and for the rest of your life there's only this fixed two-hour slot in which you can be in a bar which two hours of the day would you choose and they have to be consecutive you can't say like nine to ten and then one to two
0: okay uh, it's like a two-hour slot my yes. first question of clarification is does this shift with the time zone
1: No, it's fixed. So no, you can't tactically be like, okay, if I pick a certain time in Arizona, that will be great when I'm in London. It's, if you choose, you know, eight o'clock till 10 o'clock, it's eight o'clock till 10 o'clock, wherever you are in the world.
0: Wow, okay, that makes it a little more difficult. I would say living here in Arizona, most sporting events happen around like five or six-ish. So like a seven to nine window would be nice because you can get a good dinner, get drinks, and watch sports at the same time. Usually like watch the conclusion of sports. So that would be a pretty good one. But there is really nothing better than like a 12 to 2 or 1 to 3, like closing down the bar. That is a that is a uniquely fun feeling. <laughs> quite satisfying it
1: means (laughs) you it means you're not out before that so you're just at your house and then you have to you can step into the bar at midnight
0: yeah uh, that's true so I won't have had that uh like the camaraderie to getting to that point with many other people
1: and I'm even going to say to just make this you can't have it oh well every night I would just have a party at my house and then we would go to a bar for two hours. Like you can't. That's, I don't that's have not have friends a that
0: come to my house. That's not allowed.
1: Well, you don't have friends for starters. Sure.
0: But <laughs> but I have the house. I have half of that <laughs> quote.
1: <laughs> but I I I mean more just it can't be you have to imagine it's kind of like your life now. So you can't all of a sudden have your house turn into the social epicenter of the world.
0: Okay. I would probably go for like the six to eight window then. Because at least then I can enjoy sports out.
1: Yeah, that's pretty good logic.
0: And I think that's most of the reason I I, I go to the bar. I I would say the majority of reasons why I'll choose to go to a certain bar is, you know, like, oh, such and such is on. Do you want to come watch it? And then usually you stay out after. But it's a lot of times that's the starting point for for most nights out. Or mornings or afternoons if it's World Cup.
1: Yeah, that's a solid argument. For me, it would be three to five.
0: That, that's <laughs> kind that's, of weird. It's kind of degenerate.
1: <laughs> no, I think it's the opposite of degenerate, though. I think there's nothing. I think, yes, there are obviously going to be some degenerates in a bar at that time. But I think someone who you look at them and think, oh, it looks like they got their life together. They are just are in a position where they can be in, the, in a bar at that moment in time on a weekday afternoon. I'm always envious of those people. If I walk by a bar and you see <laughs> someone who's clearly in control of their life, but just sitting in a bar at four o'clock. Wait, but I mean, how I do you normally know, just
0: how do you know it's not the opposite? How do you know that they're not so spiraled out of control with their life that that's why they're at a bar in a mid-afternoon setting?
1: I think I've spent enough times in bars where I'm not going to say I got a 100% strike rate, but I can eye someone up and think is this person's life has it spiraled completely out of control or do they look like they might have things together i think that's a judgment i could make pretty
0: quickly but maybe you need to look in the mirror eddie at who's making that judgment <laughs>
1: <laughs> no that's a fair look if i was in the bar every day from from three to five i think in my current you know situation then that would be a question you'd have to ask but if i had a life set up where i could just do that and it wasn't skipping work or you know any other obligations i think it would be amazing and it would leave if anything it would then allow you to have actually a totally functioning life pretty much outside of the two-hour period because you could still your lunch is unaffected your dinner plans are unaffected you know like just everything. your work is
0: affected. <laughs>
1: just, just work life just, just your, you need a really understanding boss. Affected. Hey, why do you disappear for two hours mid-afternoon? It's the only time I've allowed to go into bars. <laughs> it's just, it's, You've never made a weird contract meeting of... in seven years. <laughs> and look, you could zoom from the bar. There's nothing stopping you from doing work there. I could take my laptop.
0: Oh, I disagree. You, I think you would get angry if you were at a bar at 3 p.m. and you saw a fellow patron at the bar with you zooming into work. <sighs> You've already...
1: You've already triggered me with I a patron know. word and you knew it. <laughs> um, yes and no. You'd be like, why is it this depends. guy here
0: interrupting my solace of the bar experience? So yes
1: and no. I have, So I have taken Zoom calls from a bar. I think if you're going to be actively speaking, then no, that's an, that's an annoying move. If you can just put headphones in and observe and you don't really need to say anything, I'm fine with that. But yeah, if you're if you're sort of the leading the meeting, and now I'm sitting five feet away from you trying to relax in my afternoon, and I've got to listen to you discuss, you know, how the third quarter went in sales, that bit's no, I, I hate you. But if you're just sitting there with your laptop <laughs> you. open listening, I kind of admire it.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I think that's kind of a, it's a slightly depressing time, I feel.
1: I No, it's the opposite. I think it's when you can most easily often talk to people. You get a lot of people who, I mean, if you're on a holiday, right? It's a, it's a good time to go to a bar. Yeah, I, that, I, I mostly that assume. I agree with you. It's it's. I mostly assume if I walk by a bar and you see a bunch of people, I'm like they're probably on on vacation. This is probably a trip, and they've decided to stop into a bar for an afternoon. And I think that's a great like thing to do. It's a
0: good tip for any traveler.
1: I love going like being on a trip and then just stopping into a bar yep. for a couple of hours mid afternoon talking to people, getting a sense of like, where's, what might be good to go to that bit. I do love to do, but yeah, I I think I'd stick to three to five and for sports, it's not the worst, right? For me, like premier league football, I'd get to see the first half. <laughs> <laughs> when major like world cups or euros, it's a decent time. There's probably a match kicking off around then cricket. It's a decent time. Tennis. It's a decent time. Olympics.
0: NFL, NFL I'm not st- so much.
1: NFL, I'm, I'm stuck. <laughs> what so am I going to do? London game, perfect.
0: Yeah, that's true. You get three games a year.
1: And look, if you disagree with us, great chance to plug. Find the Big Chill Podcast on Twitter or Instagram or YouTube. Follow us there and you can leave a comment. You can disagree. We might even – I'll set up a little poll. I'll set it up as – I guess it's gonna be a slightly biased poll because I guess I'll then do it like midnight to two. I've, I've chosen odd hours, if you see what I mean. I've gone three to five and I guess the poll itself will then run in even time slots. So my preferred time slot actually won't even be available. But feel free to participate in the poll. We'll see what the winner is. Some excitement for next episode.
0: Well, Eddie, I also came slightly prepared because I know it's not a huge sports week. So I did what I do best and went to yahoo.com. Only free the ad. Last surviving
1: list, <laughs> the last surviving listener. We have to get... I don't want to be a Yahoo Yahoo podcast, but I'd like Yahoo Sports to sponsor us. Oh,
0: it would be the day of my life.
1: <laughs> I'm unwilling. And I actually... We have a pretty good connection at Yahoo Sports. I'm unwilling to become part of, like fall under the Yahoo umbrella, but I'll take a weird... For some reason, Yahoo Sports (laughs) sponsors a podcast that's not a Yahoo Sports podcast.
0: Oh, that'd be great. But one of the nice things about Yahoo is you can just keep scrolling down their homepage and random things will pop up. And often BuzzFeed articles pop up. So I thought, what better way to kill some empty time with less sports with one of your favorite what a, what a way. One of your favorite <laughs> oh, Before articles. you say this,
1: what a way to convince listeners that they should get, keep, keep <laughs> stick with the rest of this episode. What a way to kill some time. Okay. what What's the topic? Sorry.
0: Uh, I'll let you choose your own adventure. Okay. Article one. You were probably taught these 16 ridiculous myths as a kid, but now it's time you learn the truth. Or article nice. two. People are sharing stereotypes about their home countries, some of which are completely false, parentheses, while others are, in fact, true.
1: I pick Article 2, although I feel like this could get me into a lot of trouble. <laughs> the, this is like walking me through a minefield, yep. and there's a good chance, <laughs> there's a very good chance I plant my foot firmly on one, but let's go for it.
0: Okay, Egypt. We all ride. Our, oh we all ride around on camels. I'm an Egyptian and I've never even seen a camel in my real life. Uh, so
1: having been to Egypt,
0: I love just your trepidation.
1: <laughs> it surprises me that someone who is Egyptian hasn't seen a camel. Now, obviously, like you don't see them roaming the streets of Cairo. And I've only been to Cairo in Egypt, but you don't have to go that far. Obviously, if you've like visited the pyramids, there are always, chi- there are always camels there. So it kind of surprises me that as an Egyptian, you would think at some point you would have gone to the pyramids as an Egyptian, just like one of the things you would do in your home country. I would have thought the percentage of Egyptians who've never seen a camel is pretty low, but obviously yes. Having been there, I will say the uh, the pyramids are the most disappointing major tourist attraction experience I've ever had in my life. In your life. Just awful. Yeah. It's a short list of things that have really let me down. Like of things you feel like you have to like, You have to, on a checklist of must go and see these things. And the pyramids are probably the only one where I thought afterwards, no, I wouldn't tell someone you got to go. The pyramids themselves are pretty impressive. The Sphinx is a lot smaller than you think it's going to be. Sphinx is just like, if you teleported the Sphinx somewhere else, I would not even bother. The pyramids are pretty cool. But I imagined the pyramids as being just in this remote area landscape desert landscape just in the middle of nowhere and it's literally just right on the outskirts of cairo now you can see a kfc i feel like we might have discussed i think this we've previously. talked about this before <laughs> yeah <laughs> but i mean it's so disappointing it's so disappointing it's worth me mentioning a second time there's just you know there's just like kfc rappers just kind of you know spiraling their way across the pyramids, sandstorming it's, it's across terrible. the pyramids yeah yeah
0: okay switzerland Everything is clean and everything is wildly expensive. Yes, this is entirely true.
1: Yeah, having been to Switzerland, that seems pretty accurate.
0: New Zealand, that we all say stuff like, put another shrimp on the barbie. Shrimp is not a thing here. We call them prawns. I think that person has seen Dumb and Dumber one too many times.
1: But also that's an expression that's associated with Australia anyway. So you're kind of like leaning into, you're more leaning into the idea that you can't separate Australia from New Zealand because I don't associate putting another shrimp on the barbie
0: with New Zealand in any way, shape or form. Well, there's also another New Zealand one. The other New Zealand okay, one is it was, about hobbits? Yes. <laughs> that the only thing we care about is rugby and that we all live in hobbit holes. I, for one, am absolutely terrified of rugby. I don't know what that means. Like, If they see rugby on TV, do they run away? What does that mean? They're terrified yeah. of it.
1: See, I mean, I think as far as national sport obsessions go, I think that's pretty accurate. I think so. I mean, we too. had Chris Cairns, we had Chris Cairns on, right? And he spoke about just the kind of, I mean, already, I think they're a sport obsessed culture, which is part of the reason why they punch so far above their weight, given their population size in the sports that they're pretty interested in. But I think the rugby one's accurate. The Hobbit Hall ones obviously aren't, but I do understand why people, I mean, when I think of New Zealand, if you gave me a list of 10 things to associate with New Zealand, Lord of the Rings would make it onto that list of things, (laughs) even though I know it was just film there, but it would definitely make the list. So,
0: so there's, there's two French ones. The first one is,
1: is it a smell bad
0: that we are unpleasant? We don't shower often enough and we're always carrying a baguette. Most of that's pretty accurate. Yeah, they're pretty accurate. I mean, it is, it is interesting when you live in France and after work, you literally see everyone just holding a baguette, walking home. <laughs> like that is a pretty accurate yeah. assessment.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's not every person on the street, but if you, you know, sort of six o'clock to seven o'clock, if you go for a walk, you're gonna see several people yeah. who've stopped it and bought a baguette on their way home for their dinner, and who all do that thing of like ripping the, the top of it off. Because
0: they can't, on, they can't as, as wait. A, what a family man. A <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, it, it's, it's accurate.
0: So here's the other one. Everyone is rude and unwelcoming. Most stereotypical rude French people live in Paris. The rest of us are way more kind and polite.
1: Yes and no. So I do think like there is a definitely a difference between French people in Paris. I mean, I think this is true of everyone, right? Like I think when people think of the rudest version of their own people, they associate it with big cities. Cause you're got less time and you you're in their way. The life is, yeah, the life is moving more quickly. And so you're just more of an annoyance and they're used to you being around. So there's like, if you go to the middle of nowhere, it's kind of a novelty that some stranger has turned up and is asking random questions. I do think that's true. Having said that, I'm not going to say that French people outside of Paris turn into these incredibly friendly (laughs) people. Like they are, they are more friendly, but I've I've been to Marseille. They're
0: not that friendly.
1: (laughs) Still a big city, right? but (laughs) they are friendlier, but I wouldn't say friendly.
0: I'll give you the England one. You want to guess what that one is?
1: Oh, bad teeth.
0: There might have been a second one that had bad teeth in it, but this one is that we've all met the queen. Dear Americans, we have not. The number of people that ask me this question is ridiculous. Have you ever met the president?
1: (laughs) I, I almost can't believe that. I know that people ask really dumb questions, but I just don't believe that. I've never been asked if I've met the queen. And I know that my accent means that people might not, but like there are plenty of people who've met me and then understand that I'm British. And particularly Americans sometimes listen to my accent and think it sounds super English. To them. Well, that is mind blowing. But I've never been asked, except in conversations that are like specifically about it where you might ask, like it would be a logical conversation to have, but I've not had a stranger be like, what's your name? Where
0: are you from? Have you met the queen? Like that, yeah,
1: that, that's never happened.
0: And, and to have it so many times that this is your comment. I don't buy it.
1: And, and I've never seen it happen. If, it, you know, like, unless it was you know what, a joke. I'm going
0: to start doing that now. From now on, whenever we go to Royal no, Ascot, don't. the first question please I don't. ask every person. <laughs> please don't. Yes, yeah, so and you were right. Please. The other one was, we have bad teeth, bad food, and good manners.
1: <laughs> um, so the bad teeth, obviously, the, I think that's improving over time. But yeah, compared to say like Americans, yeah, the teeth, the overall standard of teeth, way worse. Bad food, I think England, well, Britain as a whole does get kind of a hard rap. I think people are, I think people are, I think that was established in like the 50s, 60s, 70s is kind of a thing. And I think food now in the UK is actually good. I've never British food. No, I think that one's a little bit misleading.
0: If you're telling me you don't like fish and chips, then you have an issue.
1: Yeah, but there's also a lot more to British food than fish and chips, right? But, I know,
0: but like when you think stereotypical foods, yeah, I still think those are good yeah. foods. Like I don't get why yeah, people are I just know. like, oh, you know, like you go to France and you get these stereotypical foods. I don't think they're that much better than the stereotypical English foods when, like as an American tourist when you go.
1: No, I mean, look, I think if you compare to say like France or Italy, who I'd put, you know, in terms of from a European experience at the kind of the top end of that, I think that... I think the thing you would say is that if you, ra- if you just walk into a random restaurant in France or Italy, the standard of food is probably going to be a lot higher That just like the passion for food and the food culture and the variety there and the kind of basic understanding and appreciation of food is probably higher. But, you know, well done British food is very, very good. And there are plenty of very good restaurants and, you know, people who cook good food across the UK. So and then the good manners one, again, it's probably slightly overrated. I think the manners for the most part I don't, are good.
0: I would I would have said etiquette.
1: Yeah, but again people are then really picturing a certain type of English person. They they are picturing like that the what would for them would be the really stereotypical exposure to English people, which is the kind of Mary Poppins like posh, you know, this is what they're sort of thinking of. They're not imagining I drop you into Newcastle how do the people care like what's this average standard of behavior so like it's again i think it's true ish but you could definitely have a disappointment depending on where you went
0: and then last one sweden do you have a guess at what the sweden one will be Um, having lived there maybe you have an opinion of your own
1: that they're all blonde
0: close that all our women are really beautiful Yes, it's true. And it's sad because I have zero chance with any of them. That was you off and on.
1: (laughs) I mean, yeah, there's a lot of pretty women there. That's for sure. I do think the blonde one is wrong. There's like, you know, there's there's not as quite as many blondes as you expect when you live there. But I mean, overall, it's a very attractive, both men and women, a very attractive country. They just have nice facial features. But, so, but then again, offset by the fact that they're very difficult to interact with in their home country. Like, I mean, the weirdest experience for me in terms of trying to, in any way, Even integrate. at 3
0: to 5 p.m.? Or, so,
1: yeah, at any time. Even at 3 in the morning. <laughs> I went to, like, I went to house parties I was invited to, and it was like stepping back into middle school, where it is sort of girls don't talk to guys, you're almost on separate sides of the room. It's sort of very... And they themselves, it's a very, like, there's worse versions, like the Finns are, are tougher, like they're even colder and more shut down. But like, it's, it's very hard to get good conversations out of them, which I think is strange, because when they go abroad, Swedish people are really easy to talk with. So it's sort of this weird thing as if as soon as they go home, or the ones who don't like going outside of Sweden, just a very different experience.
0: Interesting. And now, Eddie, I will tee you up. Why don't you give us what you would say about America?
1: <laughs> oh, where do I start? <laughs> um, I mean, i, I got to go for the common stereotypes, right? Like the things that are likely so fat is going to come up, I'm going to assume.
0: <laughs> there isn't one here. So pick- it's just you doing it. It's as if you were sending this to BuzzFeed.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, you, you'd assume fat would come up. Bad Geography. I think would be another one. Um, I think those would be two of the bad big geography ones.
0: knowledge. You're saying,
1: yeah, 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 about anything, even about their own country. You know, I think like a lot of Americans, if you just said point to Salt Lake City on a map, here's a map of the U.S., I think you'd have a lot of people in just completely the wrong area of the U.S. <laughs> I'm not saying that every other country excels at geography.
0: It is a bigger country like, though, as well.
1: Yes. I Well, I think that excuses international geography. Like, I, I don't like it when Europeans look down on Americans sometimes because they're not as familiar with European geography or global geography. And it's like, well, you grew up in an environment where international travel was much more accessible because of size of countries and, you know, cost of that those kind of things and just the proximity to those other countries. So I think sometimes people can be a little bit too hard on americans for just being a slightly unfamiliar with things that are very distant in the same way that if i asked the average french person to tell me exactly where nepal is they might not be that accurate but i think even internal sort of domestic geography is not always that great for americans either so that's less excusable
0: so your comment would be they're all fat and they're bad at bad at geography
1: don't know where they're going. Fat and lost. That's how it's some of America. <laughs> <laughs> and in fairness, the lost could extend to a number of things at the moment. Oh, God. I'm sure that, would, that will go down really well with the percentage of our listeners who believe I hate America.
0: <laughs> Actually, that was pretty tame.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I thought I was. And, and look, I think I've picked out similar, like, my guesses for the stereotypes of other countries were.
0: I mean, along a similar lines. Speaking from someone who does diabetes and obesity research, about seventy percent of the population is overweight in America. So it's not a wrong. Statistics are on your side there.
1: I'm man. I'm happy. I managed to avoid most of the the landmines that were probably <laughs> waiting for me out there. Although you were, the countries that were chosen were not the worst for forcing me to take sort of riskier choices with what the, uh, or more potentially offensive choices for what these yeah. stereotypes could be. I mean, the other I ones were Egypt like was...
0: super obvious. It was like Ireland, yeah. we eat potatoes, Scotland, and drink a lot, haggis and wear kilts. Drink a lot. Drink a lot. And... Both of them had drink a lot.
1: Speaking of drinking a lot and bringing us, I guess, back onto sports topics. And sometimes we like to think of sort of niche drink, food and drinks. I don't know if you saw that Coors Light in celebration of the Colorado Avalanche's Stanley Cup victory are going to be releasing a special beer that they will be making with shavings of of Colorado's home ice. So when you drink the beer, you'll have sort of some remnants of the actual ice from the rink. That sounds Within.
0: really gross. <laughs> that doesn't sound great. Can, can you shave off some of the, the seats that the people sat on when they watched it? <laughs>
1: it's
0: fucking gross.
1: It's limited edition. They're, I mean, their ad, ad for it is Colorado brought home the cup. We're filling yours with championship ice. Limited edition beer made with shavings from the Avs championship ice. That's weird. Yeah. I, I don't really. I mean, also, right, it's going to have no impact on the flavor of Coors because it's just going to be part of the water that they would have otherwise used. Yeah. So
0: here's the, the kind of thing, I guess. If- are they actually doing it? Do you know what I mean? Is that are they just saying that and it's a gimmick or will someone oh. actually go to the rink and shave off the ice, bring it back to the Coors brewery and put it into those special edition cans or whatever?
1: Well, I think for legal reasons, if they are actually selling it, they're going to have to do it. But how much, you know, like do they, do they chip off like one centimeter of ice, put that into the water that they're going to use and go, well, technically what we said is not wrong. I think there's a possibility of that, but I don't know. I wouldn't buy it, but maybe if I was, I mean, if I was a, if I was a Colorado, Colorado fan and it's like a limited edition beer, maybe I buy one to just have. Sitting somewhere again. It's a Coors Light. I don't think I'm. <laughs> Is it cores or Coors like stash? Light? That's a good point. It just says cores, so maybe get no, Coors no Coors, Coors Light. Oh, Coors Light. Okay. No, no, it's it's Coors Light. So. I don't think I'm, you know what I mean? I, I don't think I'm, if it was like a bottle of champagne or something, maybe you hold on to that for a long time. It looks nice sitting somewhere, but we can just have a can of Coors Light yeah. sitting on your mantelpiece for I thought maybe we were going to
0: say they had like a special shaped bottle, like the Stanley Cup or something.
1: Oh, that would have been cool. Yeah. But that's way too much work. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs>
0: <that's>... <laughs> you can charge as much as you want.
1: I guess. Yeah. Hey, maybe we should do that.
0: Yeah. Well, I guess we should also say spoiler alert for those who had DVR'd the game and are a few days behind the Colorado (laughs) Avalanche have won the Stanley Cup.
1: (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. Do we have to worry about spoiling sports? (laughs) we just going to do that for everything from now on? Spoiler alert. Rafael Nadal won the French Open just in case you've been saving that for the midsummer downtime. (laughs) I hate to break it to you. He won.
0: Also, regarding the Stanley Cup win, did you see that they had already dented the Stanley Cup about 15 minutes yeah, I saw to the celebration? <laughs> that was pretty I saw funny. the guy
1: slip. Yeah, I saw the guy slip with it, yeah. But part of me feels like with the Stanley Cup, that's almost like part of the experience of having it. I know that they wouldn't want you to completely damage it, but I almost like feel like it's, kind of, it's a sort of living trophy. So the idea of mistreating it even though it's not intentionally but just sort of over the course of enjoying having it is almost the goal
0: well that's now one of the main reasons why they have almost like a handler comes with the stanley cup because it used to be back in the day everyone would get a day with the cup and they would just kind of pass it off and you take it do what you want but because they've had so many issues in the past with either people losing the cup or someone trying to steal it or breaking it they have someone who goes along with you every step of the way with the Stanley cup so that it doesn't get severely damaged or like thrown out a window or something like that. Yeah. I have to say though, that that is a cool tradition, especially I think in Canada, maybe it doesn't hold as much if you're like, I don't know from like somewhere in Texas, but as a Canadian, if you were to make it to the NHL, win the Stanley cup, and then you get to go back to your hometown to like a local pub or whatever you wanted to do and have the Stanley cup with you and have every, everyone come out and celebrate. That's got to be a really, really cool.
1: Yeah. I think, yeah. In particular, if you're from a small town and you're sort of the pride of fill in the blank and it's, Hey, look, that kid who we all watch play hockey and then we've kind of followed his career. And then here we go. He's bringing the Stanley cup back home for all of us to see. I do agree with you. And it's just the fact that it's a cool trophy. Yeah. It's really the idea that you might get to drink out of it or whatever. Yeah. I think that would be – I just want to drink out of it. Yeah. I wouldn't I Wouldn't care so much about the picture. we
0: get a picture of you drinking out of it.
1: <laughs> Maybe. Between 3 and 5.
0: <laughs> you, you would have to hope that that's when that party is scheduled. The, the Stanley Cup yeah. will be there. Otherwise, you're screwed. <laughs> oh,
1: he's turning up at 5.15. This is a problem.
0: <laughs> and actually, the last note I had about the Stanley Cup, Eddie, was Nathan McKinnon uh, on the Colorado Avalanche is – also quite superstitious like you are because he is basically really good friends with Sidney Crosby, who is I think about seven or eight years older than he is and they grew up in the same town. So they've trained together. And he said when game six happened and they checked into their hotel, his hotel room was 1787 and Sidney Crosby's number is 87. He said he knew that they were going to win. Because Sidney Crosby's number was the number, and that was as good of a hotel room number as he could ever have gotten. No,
1: oh, I mean that's stupid. I mean, oh, I know stupid. I'm really super. That's <laughs> well, that's stupid because
0: brushing your teeth when you need a last-second goal is not stupid, <laughs> but recognizing significance <laughs> in a number is stupid.
1: <laughs> well,
0: because
1: seriously, if you if you told me he was always trying to stay in room eighty-seven for that reason. Then I would be, I would agree with it. But the fact that he saw it just as a good omen, that's dumb.
0: Oh, omens aren't a thing. Superstition not is really. one, but omen is not.
1: Sometimes omens can be, but that's a dumb one. <laughs> 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 oh, but again, I will also say I was not nearly as superstitious as an actual athlete. Like p- at playing in a sport, I was less superstitious. I liked routine in terms of like order I put on, you know, shoes and stuff like that, but I wasn't.
0: That mattered too. It you. wouldn't have. Like it you, didn't really, you, I think I, but you knew you had a, like every time you went into a locker room, it was like left side first, right side, or like yeah. left shin, right shin, left shoe, right shoe.
1: Yeah. I had a process for sure. But, but if at the same time I wouldn't have, I, I there were definitely times when I forgot about that. And if I had, if I realized that I'd made a mistake or messed that routine up, I would have been in some panic of, Oh, this is going to go really badly. I haven't done that. I think the superstition is much more attached to events that I have no direct effect on, and my superstitions are the thing that allow me to have a direct effect on it. But when I'm I'm actually...
0: It's it's so much crazier.
1: When I'm an active participant, I would have just felt in control, so that didn't need the superstition in the same way. Aside from, I guess, (laughs) I'll take this back, I never let my mother watch me play football. Just football. Yeah, it was limited to that... I mean, like, she kind of had a ban in some respects. Looking back on it, I regret it. It was a little bit mean. but
0: but, She had to Mrs. Hewitt curse.
1: So um, by football, I mean soccer. She never saw me score a goal. And uh, and so, yeah, she kind of had – I wasn't going to, like, force her to leave a stadium, but she definitely wasn't – my dad would come to more matches than she did, and it was sort of understood – then, I mean, take when we when I went to Cairo, that Cairo experience ties back into that. That was to play in in our, like, the, our, our sort of playoff and championships in want. Cairo, which we won. And there was no discussion that my mother was going to come to Cairo <laughs> and watch this. My dad came. <laughs> and my mother did not come. And, and so there was definitely, and, and it, it, it was even crazy. Once I thought she'd kind of broken the curse because I knew she was at the match and I'd scored a goal in, like, the 12th minute. So after the match, I said to her, like, oh, you, you've seen me score now. She came late. She said, no, no, I was, I, I was running late, and I turned up at, like, the 17th minute, and they told me you'd already scored. So did that, like, so, double I mean, down? A little bit, yeah. <laughs> so, oh, that's great. So, yeah, I mean, it was – it's, again, it's one of those things that if I could go back in time, I don't think it really upset her or that it was too mean, and she got to watch me play plenty of other sports, and I was better at other sports anyway. So it's not like that was the thing I was the absolute best at, but – I'd probably go back and tell my younger self, like, let your mother come and watch you. Like, there's no reason to do that. And I wonder how, if I had turned out to be amazing, I wonder how far I would have run with this. Like, if I had been in a World Cup final, yeah. i been like, no, sorry, you, cannot, now, now you here, cannot attend this. Here's
0: an interesting question. Do you think it was just attendance or watching? Could she have watched it on no, the we, television?
1: We never got to test this out. Because that would have been the next step. The next step would have been like, okay, you can't come to the stadium, but you can watch the you can watch the broadcast or the stream. But you know, back in two thousand and three, that wasn't really an option. Yeah. Now, from we are in a in a a downtime, as we said, in terms of sports, we got Wimbledon going on and. You know, a few, now the NBA finals are over, NHL is over. We're kind of in that period where it's more focusing on what is to come rather than what is going on. But speaking of an event that has seemingly been scheduled, I don't know if you saw that uh, uh, Adrian Peterson and Le'Veon Bell have agreed to fight each other in the Crypto.com arena in Los Angeles.
0: Yeah. My biggest takeaway from that was Crypto.com arena?
1: (laughs) yeah. Yeah, it's a shame, right? They kind of ruined – because I never really associated Staple – when people would say the Staple Center, I never associated that with the company Staples.
0: Yeah, me neither, actually. You're right.
1: I didn't, I didn't think of it as like Staples sponsors this thing. I just thought they called it Staples, and that was kind of a good name. Like it was one of those – in the same way that like with Arsenal, Emirates works quite well as a stadium name. Like you don't have to think of Emirates like – airlines every time you think yeah. of if you go like i'm going to the emirates today it doesn't sound like a sponsored yeah place People,
0: someone's not saying and like sta- are you going on a on a flight or are you going to watch yes. a football match
1: <laughs> yeah so that one works well but and staples worked well in that respect as well crypto.com arena does not the, the inclusion yeah. of the .com is really the deal breaker
0: yeah yeah right? not not the best but I, who do you think wins <sighs> I don't think you can go against Adrian Peterson. I, I, I mean, he's got I, a history I, I, of beating. I, 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 right? I knew you were going to say it. I was just going to go from a pure physical standpoint.
1: <laughs> Undefeated in his career, so fight so far. Um, uh, yeah, you'd, you'd, yeah. I mean, they always talked about how he had the knees of a. A newborn, right, or whatever that was. People that you always used to talk about whenever when he had his knee injury, and oh, yeah, yeah, they yeah. did that. They did like some exploration inside of his knee, and the the knee do- the knee doctor was like, "Oh my god, you've got the knees of a newborn child," even though you're a, like a ten year NFL veteran.
0: So my question was: is is this just getting slightly depressing for boxing?
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I think it's not good for boxing. I don't think the. I guess it depends on how many people take an interest in this beyond, oh, it's the next day people watch the highlights. I think that's always the. But I mean, boxing's just.
0: I mean, I guess we used to stage now, right? Or is this just depressing for ex celebrities at this point? Because that maybe to me is even more of a depressing thing where it's like, hey, look, we're not really in the limelight anymore, but we kind of want to be. But we don't really know what to do. Let's just fight each other. That's cool.
1: Yeah. Or you need money. Yeah. My, I immediately assume they need money. You know, like it's. Yeah. That's my first assumption. Is uh oh, they both need money, and and they neither of them retired that long ago, so that's kind of concerning. Because and I've Le'Veon Bell even... signed a
0: massive contract with the Jets.
1: <laughs> yeah. Unless they told me, oh, we're doing this for charity or something, in which case then my impression of the event changes. But, but yeah, I mean, I one has to assume that
0: they're in need of,
1: because I the, don't know.
0: In the 2019 season, Le'Veon Bell signed a four-year, $52 million contract.
1: So he probably didn't see most of that, right? Because, but but let's put it this way. He saw at least, say, $20 million of it.
0: He was paid for $15 million by the Jets in 2019, and he was paid $5 million in 2020.
1: Yeah, so he got $20 million of it, supposedly. I mean, these are always one of those things where they'll say this, but, and his agent will report it, but who knows what they really got. So that's twenty. I mean, it's a, it's a ton of money for a normal person, but then if you've adjusted your lifestyle on the basis that you thought you were going to be earning $15 million a year, I could see how you could
0: burn through $20 million pretty quickly. And but, he did hold out the year before. That probably killed him, considering yeah, he only made twelve yeah. million the year before that. <laughs>
1: yeah, so he was negative fifteen million going into that one season. He got yeah. back to even, and then <laughs> and then things fell apart.
0: But, and now he's boxing Adrian Peterson. <laughs>
1: Again, it falls into it's a little bit like the live golf discussion. Would I do it? And I think. If I was de- if I was in a d- desperate financial situation as a former athlete, then yeah, of course I do it. But if things are okay and I just want another moment in the sun and a little bit more of attention, I think I would pass and decide that there's probably a better way for me. Because also there's no history of former athletes participating in these fights and then all of a sudden having a career resurgence. The only there's, yeah, there's a couple of YouTubers who have managed to then turn this sort of into their thing and establish somewhat legitimate boxing careers. But of all these former athlete fights that have taken place, it's just a novelty. You watch the highlights and then they're just as forgotten about three days later as they were three days before.
0: Do you think it's a better live event? Like if you were in um, so this is Vegas, right? If you were in Vegas, would you be N- tempted? No, it's to in film? LA. Sorry, if you're in it's LA, not... would you be tempted to go? No.
1: No, <laughs> I would. I would think it would be an even more because sometimes the like, I think a lot of times in sport TV adds a level of polish and professionalism that when you're in person, like whenever I attend a professional sporting event, I'm struck by two things, which is one, wow, they're so much like better than you you can appreciate when it's on tv and at the same time wow this also looks so much more amateurish in person than you see it on tv like it's a weird mixture of the two where you're both overawed and kind of unimpressed and it's difficult to explain i guess but i think boxing amateur basically amateur boxing like the polish of the tv might give me some respect for them whereas in reality you'd just be sitting in your seat being like this is like watching people getting kicked out of a bar and just wildly <laughs> swinging at each other like, I, I doubt that there's going to be a, a high skill level on show
0: you also mentioned the live golf tour i don't know if you saw three more have defected over to the live golf tour matthew wolf being the most notable and then uh the second ranked amateur in the world eugenio chakara also
1: yeah yeah no i mean they're not exactly it feels like the the sort of star power announcements are trickling or like yeah. suddenly are disappearing. And I it's like, Oh, Matthew Wolf. Oh yeah. I've seen him play a few times, Like, Or yeah. Number two amateur in the world. Cool. But that often doesn't translate into great professional careers.
0: Well, I think you're like, starting to see the line being drawn. Right. I, and I don't think you're going to, I think it's going to be more rare to see high profile players. I think at this point you've kind of made your decision.
1: Probably. Yeah. I mean, look, Morikawa was definitely switching. And then either saw the backlash or was convinced that he shouldn't go. But the fact that he did the same thing that Brooks Kepka did and removed the PGA mention mm-hmm. from all of, you know, like all of his social media and stuff, and there were strong, strong rumors that oh they're announcing him this week. Morikawa was clearly going and then maybe saw just how bad the backlash was, or had people around him say, Maybe you don't need all that much money. But I saw it was interesting. I, I I think it was the number one college golfer in the U.S. I think he came out and said that he'd been approached by the live golf tour and been offered a ton of money and had spoken to his dad about it and turned it down and basically said it was impossible for him to imagine that he'd worked all this time to kind of get onto the PGA and then watch some of his friends achieve any success on the PGA while he was off playing in this weird exhibition tournament. But yes, instantly had more money than he was ever going to earn on the PGA. But for what reason?
0: Well, I think the number two amateur that just signed up, he lost to who you're talking to in the finals for the NCAA. So they didn't get the number one, but they got the number two. So, <laughs> <laughs> I guess the their thing is not a big drop off for them.
1: No, because you don't really know who either of them are. So it doesn't really, I mean, yeah, it's, it's a, I, and I also saw there had been a backlash right in Oregon where this next tournament is taking place where local politicians have been complaining, saying that they don't feel like there should be hosting a tournament that's being paid for by Saudi Arabia. I think in particular, Oregon is a, it's a little bit of a, uh, like a hot button topic because I, I was completely unaware of this story until reading about it in the build up to this event. But, uh, uh a teenager had been killed in a hit and run accident by a Saudi national a couple of years ago. And then this Saudi national had been sort of disappeared away with the presumption it had been with the help of the Saudi government so that they the basically all the evidence points towards the fact that Saudi Arabia had provided this person with a fake passport and a private plane that flew them to Saudi Arabia so that they could escape prosecution. Uh, so not super popular in Oregon. And maybe, again, if you're organizing this event, you would have thought, hey, do we have anything really controversial in the local area that would maybe not be great for us? <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> okay, let's avoid that one. And then additionally, I saw yeah. there was members of the, of the uh, golf club where it's taking place. Supposedly, they're not super happy about this. And a number of them have not. It's not a sort of formal complaint in any way because they don't want to lose their membership i saw one guy speaking about it who said he'd only joined the club a year before so he'd paid his sort of twelve thousand dollars sign up fee and he didn't want to just get kicked out of the club and just lose that twelve thousand dollars but that he wasn't pleased with the fact that the, the live golf tour was taking place at his home golf club but um, also not a great sign they've had to They've had to. If you get a ticket, the terms and conditions do include that you're not allowed to make any kind of political statement or protest. <laughs> not a great, not a great sign for. An, and I'm sure that's in the terms and conditions of a lot of major sporting yeah, events. I was to say, that's probably still...
0: nothing compared to the terms and conditions in the Masters.
1: <laughs> True. Yeah. Well, you can make a political protest, but you can't
0: run while you're doing it. You have to call yourself a political patron. Not a protester. patron.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm an I'm an activist patron. I mean, we are almost becoming a live golf tour podcast at this point. So that, who knows? Maybe yeah. that sponsorship deal is right around the corner. We're...
0: Maybe, maybe Yahoo Sports will make us will be the the official live golf podcast sponsored by Yahoo Sports.
1: <laughs> I'm I'm fine with us being the live chill podcast. I'll I'll do that switch
0: sponsored by Yahoo Sports. <laughs>
1: Sponsored by Yahoo, presented by Yahoo. Sponsored by, but not presented by, presented by Yahoo Sports.
0: Presented always sounds better. I don't know why.
1: Yeah, but in parentheses, not a Yahoo Sports podcast, <laughs> and no affiliation, no official affiliation with the Live Golf Tour either.
0: How long would it take if we called ourselves the official Live Golf Tour podcast before they found us out?
1: <laughs> and what assassinated one of us? Maybe. Yeah, <laughs> probably not probably not long i'd be interested maybe i'll do some digging let's see if there are any podcasts dedicated to just it would be an interesting i guess if anyone's out there considering starting a podcast this might not be the bad a bad way to actually very organically create an audience pretty quickly to have that that level of focus the downside being i mean you would have to really toe the line to such a degree to have any chance of getting any of the players to come on for an interview. Because if they thought there was even a, the slightest possibility that you were going to ask them a remotely political question, yeah. there's no way you're getting an interview. No. So you would just have to, the whole podcast would be like, another amazing weekend in the Live Golf Tour. <laughs> like, wow, incredible shots were hit. Some depressing shots were missed. But overall, everyone enjoyed themselves. I did actually find the name, by the way, of that uh collegiate golfer whose last name is Coody, c o o d y
0: who was at the university D-Y. of texas Coody, like cooties yeah
1: yeah and oh no no i think his first name might be Coody. this is very confusing Coody Pierce, pearson maybe so he's 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 on the corn ferry tour at the moment and earned in his two first two starts on the Corn Ferry Tour he's earned $31,125 and the offer he won't say exactly ex- how much he was offered but it would he said it would have made him an instant millionaire
0: That's a tough one. That's you betting on yourself, right?
1: Uh but his his reasoning was Uh, While signing for the Live Golf Tour would have given him financial security, it would have also meant that he might be sitting on my couch with millions in my bank account, watching my friends play on the PGA Tour, and that would have been devastating. And he said, "I had people ask me in college if I had been contacted by the Live Tour, and I said no. When it actually happened, it was easier to say no than I would have imagined."
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I yeah, again, that's that's a really tough one when you're that young and that talented, that much potential. Do you just take the instant money and say you never know what's going to (laughs) happen? It
1: doesn't sound a lot, right? $31,000 in your first two events, and you do have to factor in all of the costs associated with taking part. So your profit, like your actual take-home amount is not going to be huge on that. But he's, what, 20 years old, and you're still being told, hey, in like three weeks, you made $30,000. Yeah. It's not, you know, like...
0: I'm sure he has sponsorships, too. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, I'm sure. So I, that, I think that's going to be the interesting to see thing, which we haven't really the, the kind of the rubber hasn't hit the road on that particular topic. But how this is going to impact actual sponsorship deals for these players? They obviously they're almost all signed up to long term deals, but that could be something that maybe sways people if they start to see that live golf players are getting smaller sponsorship deals than PGA players are, and also then be interested to see if you have someone like Rory, you know, some of these super outspoken players in the PGA tour who are the face of certain brands, do they then start saying, Hey, like, I don't want you associating with anyone on the live golf tour. Like you honor your existing partnerships, but I'm going to be really disappointed if I start to see like Nike deals being signed by people on the live golf tour. You know, if you want me as the face of Nike golf, then this is what's going to have to come with it.
0: Yeah. And kind of speaking of that sponsorship stuff, I don't know if you had seen some of these NIL deals that these college athletes are getting is getting a little out of hand, super quick. So I saw that uh, there's reports that one of the QBs for next year's 2023 recruiting, so he's in high school, going to go to college, had just signed like a $9 million NIL deal (laughs) to go to college.
1: Yeah, I mean it's insane. And again, especially for players where they might be total busts, and there's like there's always that risk. Obviously, at any level, but you might just have been a good high school player, and might find that you're out of a job in college in a year. You know, like it's not unprecedented. Even sort of blue chip five star recruits going into college, sometimes within a year they've lost their job to someone else. You know, you see quarterbacks all the time.
0: It'll be interesting to see what this does to college football in the next five years. Because I mean, the obvious, the obvious issue is uh, so many of these people that are getting these deals, although they're not from the university, they're from a company or a donor that's affiliated with a certain university. And that's been pretty obvious and pretty clear from the beginning. So it's, it's yeah, it, it could be a disaster in five years.
1: Some, someone's going to do something dumb. And they're going to clamp down on it. like it's, it, And then it's going to be some kind of salary cap or whatever it is, is going to have to be worked out because also, I mean, just at a certain point, it not that college football or college sports in general have ever been a level playing field. And obviously there's the pulling power of the major programs that you're just never going to be able to compete with, but it is just going to turn it into, Oh wait, so Alabama are just handing out $500 million worth of NIL deals yeah. to their players and, and the guys are happy to sit on the bench and not play versus go and start at, you know, not even a smaller program necessarily, but like, oh, I'd rather take $15 million from Alabama than $5 million from Michigan. So I don't care that I'm the number three quarterback.
0: Yeah, definitely going to be an issue.
1: Last time around, you watched a bunch of movies on a plane, but you hadn't caught up on much TV.
0: No, but any... I, I did oh. forget to mention the movies I watched on the way to the plane, which the main one, oh, sorry. On the first plane on the ride, way to the plane. <laughs> on the way to the plane, <laughs> I got like... to watch a lot of movies. On the plane ride on the way to Europe, I watched the new James okay. Bond. Uh,
1: I haven't seen it, so I and it's and I don't want to be having made fun of people for the possibility of spoiling their Stanley Cup. <laughs> I've not seen it. I've not seen it in full. I should say I've seen a decent chunk of it, and I don't. I haven't seen the ending, although I'm pretty much aware of how it ends. Yeah. But so we can't really discuss it because I don't want to spoil it for I myself. won't
0: spoil anything, but I will say I was disappointed. This tips it yeah. back definitely into the Mission Impossible. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I and I don't. I didn't like the villain.
1: Overall, their villains in recent James Bond movies have not been great because they just don't seem that villainous. They've kind of they're almost caricatures of these kind of eccentric billionaire sort of evil masterminds. Like, I think that's the thing they've, the trap they've sort of fallen into. But I, I think the problem they kind of have is they're sort of trying to be a little bit more realistic, right? Yeah. With the movies themselves. But then it's hard to think of a super villain.
0: Who's not a little outrageous. Unreal. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know, maybe this is a terrible take, but I am not a big Rami Malik fan. I don't, I don't see yeah. the obsession people have with him and I, I know Mr. Robot is a good show and I've watched several seasons of that and I've enjoyed that, but I, I didn't really like Bohemian Rhapsody. I didn't, you know, I've never been a movie pops up and he's in it and I get excited that, Oh man, it's gotta be a good movie. Robbie Malick's in it.
1: The, the only thing he's been in that I've really enjoyed was the Pacific. He was really good in the Pacific but that's going back i mean almost going towards the beginning of his career
0: i don't know if i know right. what the pacific is
1: it was like the um you know the pacific theater equivalent of band of brothers
0: oh yes 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 okay it was a tv show
1: and yeah it was yeah, a tv yeah. show okay. and he was one of the main characters in that and and was very good i mean that was my first That was one of the things when he started to become famous. It was like, oh yeah, that's the guy who had like a fairly big role in the Pacific. That was kind of the thing. I do agree with you. We lost our Oscar Isaac debate, I believe, in the lost episodes. I kind of throw him into the Oscar Isaac.
0: See now, I think Oscar Isaac is better than him. I would rather. I, I would get more excited for an Oscar Isaac movie or show than I would for a Malik.
1: Oscar Isaac's more prolific. So I don't know how that tilts the balance in his favor just because he's, like, Oscar Isaac's just shotgunning. He's just, you know, and every once in a while a pellet kind of hits. But Rami Malek, I think his strike rate is actually pretty high even if I don't necessarily love the things that he's in. Like, I'm not a big Mr. Robot fan, but I, having seen a decent number of episodes, like, it's not a bad show. It's just not a show for me. Yeah. If you see what I mean? Yeah, yeah.
0: No, I kind of would same.
1: But I, I kind of, in my mind, they they occupy the same space of like I probably see too much of these people, and people love them way too much for what they've done.
0: The other thing I wanted to say was I had just recently listened to a podcast on Dunkirk, and it, the reason I listened so the reason I listened to it is because you live off of <laughs> Route to Dunkirk. And I've ever. Yeah, this is true. This is true. And then, it, so way to
1: way wait, to to expose my location to listeners. <laughs> now I can get hunted down. You've narrowed my location down to like one square kilometer, Frank. Thanks.
0: <laughs> so
1: any Americans out there who are angry about the fact that I called them fat and dumb are now going to come and kill yeah, me. Yeah,
0: but Americans Americans won't know how it's spelled. <laughs>
1: it's just, yeah, and just their yeah their lack of spatial awareness and ability to read maps will yeah. take them years. I'll be dead from the geography will by the kill time they get here.
0: But yeah. so Dunkirk was in my head. So I listened to a podcast on it and now I really want to rewatch it. I haven't seen it in years, but I'm just itching to rewatch it now.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's a fascinating story, right? We also spoke about it over ESCO because your cousin who accompanied us on the trip, we were talking about like places to go and kind of ties into the idea of going to the pyramids a little bit of like places in France from a sort of World War II or World War I perspective that you might need to go and visit. He wanted to go to Dunkirk. I said you can probably give Dunkirk, Dunkirk a miss. Like it's well most of it was destroyed during the war, right? <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just a it's just a like a beach town. Yeah. Right? It's not and I, and yeah, museums and things to go and see, but it's not like you're gonna witness it's not like going to Normandy where there's still so much of it left that you can really you know, they've preserved elements that you can really imagine. You know, like Dunkirk has continued to move on. There's still bits and pieces, but it's not the same sort of experience. Um but
0: yeah, and the, the, yeah, I the mean, podcast I listened to, Quentin Tarantino actually put it as his number two movie of that decade.
1: What was number one?
0: He didn't say. It was just was about it? Dunkirk. So that's why he had just said it was my number okay. two. I don't, I don't, we can go back and look it and up if you want to.
1: And they didn't ask him?
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> who's,
1: the, who's the interviewer? You got some guy out he goes, This is my number two, mo- this is two movie of the decade. And you don't say, What was the number one? What podcast was this like the rewatchables or something it was the rewatchables
0: yeah rewatchables,
1: so not to plug not to plug a a podcast that falls under my arch nemesis's nemesis nemes, nemes, nemesis nemesis's company, but yeah the Rewatchables, good podcast
0: yeah, very good. it looks like in his list is this doesn't this just says his favorite movies is Toy Story three. The Social Network, Dunkirk, Mad Max, Fury Road, Animal Kingdom, I Am Love, Unstoppable, Tangled, True Grit, and The Town are, are the top tens here. I don't know if that's in the correct order because Dunkirk is three and he had said on the podcast it was two, but. Yeah, so probably not. A, a, a few interesting strange, list. A, a very interesting list. I mean, Toy Story 3 being number one, that bothers me because I'm not a big animated movie fan, although I love Toy Story. I'm not an animated, I would never put an animated movie in any top movie list. We've, we've discussed this with, with Sam. Yeah.
1: The one that bothers me the most there is the social network.
0: You don't like the social network?
1: It's fine. Do I think you should be making a top 10 list of the decade? No way.
0: It, it makes you more angry than Tangled.
1: I've never the, seen
0: The Tangled, animated so. movie about Rapunzel. Yeah, I know what
1: it is. I've never seen it. So I can't judge Tangled as much.
0: Or Unstoppable, the Denzel Washington, Chris Pine movie.
1: No, I've never seen that either. It's
0: actually a good movie, though. You've never seen that? No. It's surprisingly enjoyable. But to be in a top 10 is very strange. I,
1: I think, to be honest with you, I mean, I really like True Grit, but I like Westerns. We are, we've discussed this before. I don't think True
0: Grit. You don't should. like True Grit?
1: No, I do like True Grit. Oh yeah, yeah, But I don't think it should be cracking top tens. Like it, it wasn't even the best Western of the decade for me. So how am I putting it in the top ten?
0: I think I the think one I'm... that's surprising here that people won't know, but I completely agree, is Animal Kingdom. Which is now there's a huge TV show. I think that's six seasons now on TBS. I don't think I've, I've not seen Animal You've Kingdom. have never seen either. Animal Kingdom with no. uh, Joel Edgerton? No. It's an Australian movie, I believe. No, I've never seen it. It's like an Australian mafia crime movie. It's really, really good. No. But yes, Dunkirk. Now I, I'm I'm itching to watch it again. Yeah. I,
1: I've never rewatched it. The interesting thing, I was confused at first by the weird timeline that wasn't explained. So mm-hmm. it would be interesting to rewatch it now, understanding what the jumping around is doing. Because it did take me like fifteen twenty minutes to sort of exactly understand what was being meant when things were showing up on the screen with different times.
0: So Eddie, not a social network fan, not a David Fincher fan.
1: Um, no, I mean, I guess a part of my element too with Social Network is I don't like a movie that's supposed to be based on a true story that subsequently everyone said is supremely inaccurate. That makes it a that makes it an issue for me. <laughs> sure. Like when everyone involved is like, this is not people who were well represented or poorly represented, everyone's just like, hey, it's a good movie, but like it didn't happen like that at all. That to me is kind of an issue for a movie that's supposed to be telling a true story. I would have preferred that they just made up a fake social network and then kind of based it on Facebook and told that story. And then you could have done whatever you wanted. And I probably would have enjoyed the movie more, but to come out of it being like, Oh, so this happened, this it's like, Oh no, none of that happened. That was just a better way to tell it. That bothers me in the same way that if Dunkirk, there were obviously inaccuracies within that movie, but if everything, if it had been like, well, Dunkirk is about the Germans fleeing in world war one from Denmark (laughs) <laughs> like, I don't think I could be on board with Doug Kirk. but It can still be a good movie, but it's kind of ruined my experience. Now, uh, one thing that I realized, so there's a possibility I might be in the U.S. for Thanksgiving, in which case I'm have a very wow. interesting experience because it means that I will be in the U.S. when England play the USA in the World Cup. <laughs>
0: Oh, I love this.
1: So so that might be... That might be...
0: If you want, you can come visit me, and I know a really good English pub we can go to, and you can be in the majority for your support.
1: I would in, I See, here's the thing. is I, I like being
0: in the minority.
1: I think that will renew. I, think yeah, I know I'll, you do. I <laughs> love it. It'll be like, I want to be in a cauldron. You know, like I want...
0: You're the villain. You want to be the villain.
1: Oh, yeah. And then just hope that England win. Like, if, cause, I, cause I'll give it all. I'll give it but all for 90 I have minutes. To say, If They then blow it. I'm, I think it's, it's going to be an awkward experience.
0: You're in a bad situation because England should be expected to win. And if England win, it's oh, that's what's supposed to happen. But if England lose, you're fucked. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, it's 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 part of the reasons I like overall supporting the underdog, like, and not not intentionally. But because like the teams that I support tend to be smaller and less successful for the most part, that's part of the attraction is like you're, you're never in these almost lose, lose or at least lose, not win situations. But yeah, this will very firmly place me in. And that, cause it's November, it's November 25th. So it is the day after Thanksgiving. It's the Friday. I believe Thanksgiving is the 24th and then this match will take place on on that Friday. So, and it's an eight o'clock kickoff here. So, I'll, depending on where I am in the U.S., it will fall into my golden hour in a bar potentially. But uh, at least the it's second eight, half will. Eight in Paris. Eight
0: eight in Paris. Yeah.
1: So two p.m. Yeah, you're
0: just gonna, you're just gonna miss your golden hour. I can come for the second half if if I think of where you're gonna be.
1: <laughs> I don't know exactly where I'll necessarily be, but yeah, I'll probably be on the East Coast, so. So that means, yeah, I can turn up for the second half. Watch the first half on my phone somewhere <laughs> else and then stroll in when England are 5-0 up, beating my chest.
0: <laughs> Will you wear an England jersey? You're not normally a jersey wearer.
1: No, I'm not a jersey wearer, but I am like a uh, like a... I, I like to have something. So I, I like a sweat I like a sweatshirt or something. I'm not a jersey wearer normally, but okay. yeah. I'll Are you going to paint like,
0: your face? No,
1: but I'll have like an England um, like hoodie on or something. Okay. So it, it will be November, right? So something warmer. And I actually like some of the England hoodies and things at the moment. But I mean, all during the Euros, I wore pretty much the same. I, I was wearing an England like t-shirt during the Euros. And I'll probably have to bring that one out again because it, it did pretty well.
0: I think I'll definitely go to the English pub to watch that match. <laughs> Cause especially because day after Thanksgiving, too, is a it's a fun day. My yeah. Friday, you're off. Yeah, my
1: big issue with that, right, is just the level of frustration that I might experience in terms of just the level of understanding within a bar. Like I like sitting in a bar while people are if if you're animated, I don't care if you're sitting watching a sport and you don't understand it. By all means, that's we all started from somewhere, right? So I'm not, I'm never going to discourage someone from trying to get into a sport. I hate when people do that. But if you're sitting in the bar and you're kind of expressing loudly, expressing your opinion and like shouting at a TV, but you don't really understand what's going on, that bit can get me riled up. So that's so
0: Eddie, let me get will this rile you up when people are screaming? It's not offsides. He's not offsides. <laughs> the, offside,
1: <laughs> the offsides bit I can give a pass to. Yeah, it should be offside. I can that one will annoy me, but it won't infuriate me. That means if they don't understand what offside even is, then we've got an issue. Kinda had that in the Champions League, actually, even, even here. in when that goal was ruled out for offside, so many people assume because
0: the Benzema one?
1: Yeah. But so many people assume because they they see the player behind the goalkeeper and they're like, oh, you need to be in front of the goalkeeper and another – like they don't even think. It's like, no, it's, the goalkeeper has nothing to do with it. It's just two opposition players. Like it's not – you don't – like the goalkeeper is not the factor here. Like the goalkeeper could be at the yeah. opposite end of the pitch. It doesn't matter. It's not goalkeeper specific. But I do find that was – that one is one where you do sometimes get people – but yeah we'll see it'll be an experience if nothing else maybe i'll do a live podcast from a bar somewhere in the u.s as i watch the game oh god
0: <laughs> all right well i guess with that we'll call it a day yeah, yeah. talk to you later see you <laughs>